Hello. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Morality of Everyday Things. Uh, so I'm Jake. I nearly said I'm Ant because you always do that. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Ant, and uh, we're the co-hosts of the show. Morality of Everyday Things is a show where we examine everyday moral questions. We try to bring a bit of nuance and discuss it from a philosophical perspective, light philosophical. If you yeah. have a PhD, maybe this isn't for you. Uh, so this podcast isn't about what to think, but more about how to think and how to break down issues. If you like it, please leave us a review, sign up to our newsletter, or even subscribe to our Patreon. Mm. Or tell your friends and family. Jake and I have studied together. Uh, we studied a mix of economics, politics, philosophy, and business management at Oxford. We run a couple of businesses, dasher.com and treepoints.green. And we've been running this podcast for a year now as well. We have indeed. So last week, or last week, last time we did this, every time we say this, but we'll try and do this more regularly. Last month, this was really, we answered the question, should we abolish the monarchy? Yeah, that was probably a bit too long. We'll try and keep this one more concise. Also because we have a commitment in 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I've been anti-monarchy for ages. So it was great to talk about that one. I, I, the funny thing was how I kind of was worn down by the, in principle, they should definitely be gone. But in practice, I just, mm. it's just, too hard. I mean, they're basically on their way out anyway. It's just a course of several hundred years. And I, think, I don't know yeah. that they're rich people. Rich people, <laughs> rich people are really good at clinging on to wealth. <laughs> wealth is sticky, isn't it? And I, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens when there's a new person on the throne. Anyway, let's cut right onto this episode. So this this episode's question, hopefully a relatable one, unless you're an absolute monster. Should you give money to homeless people? Interesting question. And I think it's, it's a particularly everyday question. At least if you live in cities, it's, um, or if you've been to a city, and that must be most people, surely, it's probably something you've been exposed to. You see you see homeless yep. people on the street. And, and to be um, fair, actually, yeah. I think we'll, we'll say a bit about what is homelessness. But I think the interesting thing about this question is that we'll very quickly realize that the question is itself misleading. People mm -hmm. always say the phrase, should you give money to homeless people? And it's not give money to homeless people. It's giving money to people who are begging. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, who, who in many circumstances appear to be homeless. But as we'll clarify, the, the actual character of the typical homeless person is not necessarily what you think. So general format is that we'll kind of discuss some of the terms around it, and then we'll kind of break down what the question is kind of really pointing at. Because I think most questions of an everyday philosophical nature can kind of be generalized to some moral principle that you're discussing, which is almost actually a bit annoying because then you soon realize there aren't that many actual questions. <laughs> <laughs> you can find different ways of layering the same principle with different details but, exactly uh, yeah it all comes back to the same principles you know the kind of private public struggle or the uh, outcomes-based morality or mm. uh, rules-based morality sort of questions so first of all jake can you tell us a little bit about homelessness yeah i mean there aren't too many key terms to define here i think uh, money and homelessness are the two <laughs> things <laughs> homelessness is when you don't have a home <laughs> i was trying to avoid saying that but that's basically that's kind of it and i think uh we, we we pulled up some well we did some research pulled up some stats on this i think what's interesting is most people's image of a homeless person is exactly like i just said it's someone begging on the street it's someone who possibly looks like they're in a bad way in fact the majority of homeless people are generally families staying in shelters primarily just because they're in a space in time in their lives where they can't afford housing and they, they kind of need to transition that. I think in New York, from the research we did, as many as 75% of people in homeless shelters are families, 40% of that sort of number uh, are children. It's actually, yeah, yeah. It's, it's only supposedly in that, if you look at homeless people as a whole, it's only a yeah. smaller percentage of adults in homeless families that suffer from serious yeah. mental illness or addictions. Yes. So I think, I think really... This is the part that's worth clarifying. When people talk about homelessness in this context, I don't think they're talking about people who have found themselves without home temporarily. I think really what we're talking about is the kind of persistent homeless individual, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's true. For homeless single adults, the rates of mental illness and addiction disorders are statistically much higher. Yeah. Another fact, vast majority of these people are male. So I think it's about 70% of homeless people are male or homeless individual adults. 
that was from endhomelessness.org. So yeah, I mean, I don't think there's tons more that we have to say on it, but basically there's a system whereby there are people living on the streets. Some of them will often beg. There is an overlap with alcohol and drug issues, which some people see as the kind of driving cause. I think it's a question as to whether circumstances in people's lives lead them to be homeless and then they turn to these mm. or whether it's the other way around. I'm curious if we have any further info on that, do we? I'm not sure on here, but if we have any listeners who who, who work in this field or anything, please, yeah, get in yeah, touch. Get in touch, touch let us know. Happy to learn. There was one other thing that I just, I'll read this paragraph because I just thought it was interesting, which is to do with a lot of cities have done quite a good job in, in sort of providing shelters and stuff. I've come across people who say, oh, well, homeless people have access to shelters. So, you know, there's the only reason they'd be on the streets is that they're addicted or whatever. But this is interesting. The right to shelter was a very important step towards ensuring the safety of homeless people. But municipal shelters can be very difficult places to live for those people, especially if they've been on the streets for years. They're tight quarters. They have lots of rules and regulations. They largely have like barrack style dormitories. And if you're the kind of person who has serious mental illness like PTSD or, you know, these kind of arrangements actually might not suit you. That's why people in some cases end up still on the streets, even though mm -hmm. they have access to mm -hmm. shelters. So it's not, it's not a yeah. perfect system. Oh my goodness. This, so you said with people with mental illness, uh, we talked about addiction. We didn't even mention mental illness. I don't get this impression that much in the UK, but I remember I've been in the US mm. and you honestly get the kind of, the kind of like raving naked person, mostly naked person kind of running around the streets. And, you know, for me as a European, I was like, wow, it's shocking. Like, it was so weird, but it, like everyone just kind of like, it was as if, the, the, as if the person didn't exist. Like there was someone, oh, I remember I, I turned up in San Francisco and for some reason I thought I'd take the train because I didn't realize that's not what people in the US do. I was like, of course I'll take the train from the station. <laughs> from, yeah, from the airport to the center of town. First of all, I got, I, I got into the station in Oakland and wow, there's so many homeless people and people um, without teeth. Got on the train, got into town and I'd heard San Francisco had a problem, but you know, I stepped out into the business district and you know, for about a second, I was like, wow, this is cool. Like a you know new place, haven't been here. Maybe, maybe <laughs> full of wonder in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there was a homeless man having an argument with someone, and he shouted, "Who are you calling a tweaker? I've been sober for ten days. I'm bettering myself." <laughs> it was all. It was rather depressing. The whole, the whole affair. And actually, my my worst was when I was in Vancouver. Mm, uh, well, we went both there. Yeah, we? Oh my we, god. We went to see a friend, and on the first day, super jet lagged, woke up at like four a.m. and I was like, "Well, I'll, I'll go for a run." Now, I later found out that this was pure coincidence, but I go for a run, and it was like it was like a war. There was like ambulances everywhere, people bleeding on the streets, people screaming mm. at each other. So it turns out that all of the homeless congregate on one main exactly. road, East Hastings Market. East Hastings Market. Yeah, and our friend happened to live there, and I just happened to like run down that road like in the early hours of like uh yeah friday or saturday or something yeah but yeah shocking the, the point is i can see how people in those situations dorms of 100 beds in a single room is like okay fine they have somewhere to stay but well technically they may have somewhere to stay but it's yeah. not adequate and i could see how they end up living outside and also i'm sure it's extremely measured if you are you know reasonably taking some in that circumstance taking some alcohol or, or drugs or whatever you get kicked out mm, mm, yeah i think i think that's all true the, um, other, the other key part doesn't need tons of chat but money the interesting thing about money versus anything else that you can give homeless people is that money is uh, exchangeable right exactly so you're basically transferring the person the ability to choose what they buy which you know and this will be a large crux of the argument some people will say is a dangerous thing to give a homeless person you know other people will say that it, that is you know diminishing their autonomy or, or something to that effect we'll kind of come to this yeah we'll definitely come back to that point I, a lot of people i think have no qualms about giving food drink or, or other goods it's a good thing to consider as an alternative exactly exactly but money i think is special because like you said you can turn money into anything including even drugs <laughs> even drugs
drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know. <laughs> Don't do drugs, kids. They become a celebrity and they give you them. <laughs> <laughs> Is that from the Elton John movie? Uh, I think Love Actually. I love it. Yeah. Oh my. Right. So very quickly, and then we'll get into the moral principles. Why would you give them money? Yeah, why, why would you give money? And I, I think in a lot of cases, the positive framing of this is it shows compassion to someone in need. And practically, money, as I said, is extremely useful. You don't need Anne to tell you that. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> money is something that people can then transfer yeah. into whatever they choose. I think but, one, an interesting thing about the, whatever they mm. choose is a common misconception. Maybe this is just, you know, people think poverty, they think hungry, right? Mm. But I think a lot of people who are in this sort of homeless poverty in cities and in particularly the Western world, mm. they're not actually hungry. Um, mm. Like, you know, they, 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 they can get enough food, they can get enough money to buy their food. So I could, I could actually understand why sometimes they may want your money not want food from from you because also they'd rather pick their own food mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean that they want money to buy drugs yeah. yeah yeah a third reason maybe not the best reason but there's probably some element of wanting to you know placate your own guilt yes yeah so yeah, yeah. That's i think i think it's honestly like a huge part of it could as well be especially when you get aggressive beggars is and i've seen people like this and, and, and in this circumstance i'm like you absolutely shouldn't but i think some people are happy to pay just to get out of an uncomfortable situation mm -hmm. i think that's definitely a big part of it uh, so i think on this part of compassion and i mentioned this in the in the american anecdote one thing that i think is really upsetting is when people kind of a way of dealing with homelessness that some people use or employ we'll kind of come to the reasons why not maybe not giving stuff is is like totally morally acceptable but one thing i don't like is when people as kind of a strategy to kind of stick to that basically ignore them yeah completely dehumanize them and i, th I think it's a it's a deeply horrible experience for them i mean we'll come around to why i personally try to avoid giving money directly sometimes i do but generally try to avoid giving money directly but i always try and acknowledge the, the person and say really sorry i don't have money i think yeah off the bat without having really to get into that i completely agree i think that's just it's a good thing to do in general is at least ignoring someone i, I yeah. can only imagine that's always yeah, yeah. like a really shitty yeah. thing to yeah and i get that like look sometimes making that eye contact and saying that opens the door for more and i can understand how maybe i'm misunderstanding my privilege as a man mm. where like i can open that door and can keep and can close it at will mm -hmm. and maybe other people can't but take that in context maybe i'm missing something there but just generally though you know it, it's the kind of thing where you just say i'm sorry mate i don't have any change but at least to acknowledge them and then yeah i don't know i've, I've very rarely had any negative repercussions from doing that yeah but as you yeah. said maybe that's different quick why, reasons why not though yeah um, this is the, the, yeah. the quick ones Go on. let's get into that um the main reason I think a lot of people feel you shouldn't give money is is it risks fueling addictions and other problems. And I think all that sort of feeds back into the cycle of trapping people. Maybe it's a sort of extension of the give a man a fish argument, but basically- You get very much money, the give a man a fish yeah, argument. Perpetuates yeah. a, a negative situation. Another reason why not is the opportunity cost of doing something better with that money. That's probably a little bit stretched because we're probably talking about loose change here. But I could see the argument that if you're giving to charity and that has a sort of direct impact, yep. then your money's better spent in that way. I have heard a nice anecdote I personally try to do and that I've heard other people is when you are in that situation, take note to give money to a homeless charity rather than directly mm. give. How many people practically do that? I don't know. I like I'm a bloody great guy. <laughs> okay? So I personally just have a recurring contribution to, to one that I like in London. But um, sorry. I, I, I was going to say that was just my chance to say I'm an excellent person. <laughs> Love taking the opportunity to do that. No, I, I I do the same thing. There's some, there's a lot of good charities in London. The other practical piece of advice: um, look for apps. There are lots of apps that you can use to report people sleeping rough. 
and it helps the charities find people and, and invite them in, invite them in, and, and, and help them yeah. out. I think is is there some sense in which people are similar to the issues that, that there are with um, whatever those kind of barrack style shelters are? Is there some sense in which some people are reluctant to to work with charities, like uh, homeless people? As in homeless people resist the efforts of charity. Yeah, like, yeah could, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm. Um, I guess in that situation, you might just be quite suspicious of the establishment, right? Yes, I think that is yeah. definitely true in a lot of cases. Yeah, okay, cool, cool, cool. I suppose, actually, uh, another practical reason why not bad one is if you just don't have anything to give. But I reckon, actually, nah, I mean, that's at the time. It's not but a reason, wait, wait, but wait, it's, wait. it's, it's but that's, of, But that's, you're not making a decision there. You don't have cash. Yeah, 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 I'm saying I reckon that's why in a lot of cases people don't. It's just like, oh, don't To be fair, nowadays, well, what happens when they have little... Um, when, they have, <laughs> little <tappy laughs> things, yeah. when they have squares. Yeah, little squares of... <laughs> Oh yeah. my goodness! Fair. Okay, so that's. I mean, uh, that's kind of a rough highlight. But so, so what are some of the moral principles, kind of, that we're thinking about here? What is, what is, what are the actual kind of more higher level, ex- generalizable? That's the word. Principles that we're kind of thinking about here. I think there's a couple that we we discussed, right? So I think that there's a few packed into this kind of argument where people say like, "Oh, you shouldn't give because." even though it feels like you're doing the right thing, like practically it's not. I want to address, first of all, on that point, are we responsible for enabling the actions of others, right? Mm. So, you know, say you're doing, if you're doing something that's on the face of it good, helping this person, or, you know, maybe, you know, in this context, it's something that's morally good. So, uh, we could kind of take it to be, it, it could be something that's morally irrelevant, right? So you could be selling someone something or, or doing something. Where are the, the limits of the responsibility for your actions, right? At what point does the agency of others mean that things stop being your fault? That's a really long way of saying, if you give money to a homeless person and they use that money to perpetuate their situation or maybe even accidentally overdose or, mm-hmm. or something of that sort, are you responsible for the kind of consequences of that of those actions? Does the fact that you had given the money in an ostensibly mm-hmm. good act, which enables them to do something bad, mm-hmm. mean that actually you've done something bad? I think there's two parts to that as well. I think we'll come to the second part, but part of that is a, a bit of a judgment on their choice, isn't it? Yeah. But the first part, I think let's stick with this, is to where, where does your responsibility lie? Or where does your responsibility end, mm-hmm. rather? You have some nice examples we've, we've listed here. Mm-hmm. So, so, so I thought this was an interesting one. Go ahead. Yeah, and it, it, the question is, is the limits of your moral agency. So are the people who make knives responsible for stabbings? So I think that one's pretty clearly no, right? I think so too. Yeah. yeah. You're making a knife. Knives have, you know, multiple purposes. They're not. Mm. <laughs> then I asked maybe, are there some knives that are just like... <laughs> <laughs> what about the people who make machetes? <laughs> <laughs> and don't sell them in jungles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess there must be some weapons issue knives. Uh, but generally, no, I mean, knives, knives serve different purposes and mm. people buy knives for all sorts of... Legitimate reasons. reasons. Legitimate reasons, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, so no, if you make a knife, surely not. Okay, whatever, you know, the person who sells it, same thing. So I think the the way that we kind of make this more relatable is what about the person who's selling knives and can identify that they are selling to an at-risk group? So someone who appears externally through whatever value judgments you're making to potentially be part of a, of a gang locally mm. or something. I mean, I feel like then we start to understand, okay, there, there's a moral difference between the person who's selling knives generally and the person who's selling knives in that situation. Like as a seller of knives, maybe you have a responsibility to do something there. Then a kind of a wider analogy using that same idea, right? Are arms dealers responsible for wars? 
Mm, it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean, while they're <laughs> well, possibly they are actually responsible for having political interests that yeah. <laughs> even drive the start of wars. Like money, money is a massive factor. But what you mean is, if you've dealt someone weapons and the weapons are used to kill people, did are you, you kill? Are you, you effectively kill, basically kill someone? Because um, in this context, we're saying if you're giving a homeless person money and that money funds either bad, yeah, funds either funds, funds their their continued homelessness or potential death, did you effectively kill that person or effectively trap that person in homelessness? Mm. Um, now, I feel like it's funny because you, this arms dealer example is interesting because obviously you hear that and you're like, oh, that's terrible. But clearly they are not the people killing people, right? Mm. And that's kind of, if you, if you think about it, all of our governments are in this position where they're like, look, we just make and sell arms. We're not turning kids in Palestine into skeletons. Mm -hmm. And in, mm -hmm. But then there's a strange sort of like, well, but actually if you think about the chain of events, you not supplying them would have led to that not happening exactly and um, it's, it's it's a bit like the sort of voting principle isn't it it's like if you didn't do it probably someone else would fill the gap it's mm. a sort of supply and demand effect but if everyone could sort of follow this chain of reasoning and no one made arms anymore we'd yep. yeah we'd have a sort of kumbaya <laughs> uh jeremy corbyn would be so happy here's another funny one is hitler's mother responsible for world war ii so here you <laughs> You've got to think, yes. <laughs> no, you've, you've, got, you've got to think, like, how could, uh, how could you possibly yeah. have What about the art school in Vienna that rejected him? <laughs> <laughs> Those who don't know, he wanted to be an artist. He failed, and he was like, ah, Mein Kampf. Um, <laughs> that was where his struggle began. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think this kind of highlights a few different things, but moral culpability is effectively quite complex. Uh, I think some of the key determinants are expected outcomes, right? So arms, yes. dealer, arms dealer to an active war or active party in a war is very different to arms dealer to a government, mm -hmm. right? Where you could reasonably understand that as, oh, you know, I'm selling someone weapons and that, that can kill people, mm -hmm. but like, I'm hoping that they're going to be reasonable and I, I'm deferring to their moral agency and, you know, this should be a deterrent, not a active way of killing people. Yeah. Um, so th those two are very different. The same way that selling knives generally is very different to selling knives to someone that you believe is an at-risk group. Mm -hmm. um, so the question is, where do homeless people sit in that? It's, yeah, it's very tricky, isn't it? It kind of points to like the limits of consequentialism in terms of like the consequences of our outcomes are so complex and you know it, it is very hard to predict it's 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 often difficult to sort of know expected mm. outcomes that actually yeah how much can you really rely on it so i guess like yeah to, to give like an example of like the consequentialism like where do you draw the line for like these, these are the expected events so like okay what if you give money to someone and the only thing you're thinking is i'm giving money to help a homeless person mm -hmm. that person ends up dying mm -hmm. but that person if they hadn't have died would have gone on to kill someone <laughs> so, so wait have you done have you done something good or bad <laughs> it totally depends on like if you're looking in the like five minute five month or five year time frame yeah so time horizon is a factor and just unknowable counterfactuals uh, are also that yeah. reminds me of the time you gave that example of like the chainsaw guy but yeah so so there's a kind of it's, it's murky it but, is um, murky but my, that's my, where kantian right. approaches uh, yeah, yeah take a very different stance it's yeah, actually yeah, yeah. Much so they're, easier to, they're to focused on individualism and your first of all your, your necessity to respect the human rights and individuality of others i kind of feel like a tie towards that i mean i'm not an extremist so for example i think that for example you know if you're selling knives and someone says i'm going to use this knife to stab someone you probably shouldn't sell that person <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not i'm not i'm not insane but generally i do feel like it's overly paternalistic to say that like I am responsible for thinking about the kind of knock-on effects of my mm. stuff on other like that person is a moral agent of their own mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. as long as I haven't like coerced them into it or it's an extreme circumstance 
but then what's an extreme circumstance? I'm just buying myself a buyout. Jeez. Yeah, yeah, you're carving out exceptions. Yeah. It's tricky. I mean, a Kantian, I think the key thing is a Kantian would say you have to respect other people's moral agency. Don't yeah. You? And yeah. that seems to somewhat absolve you of the blame of the consequences they cause. But also in a Kantian framework, you don't judge situations by by the outcomes, do you? You mm. judge actions on the sort of merit of what you're doing. And in this case, giving money to a homeless person, I think could sit either side. It, on the one hand, it's, you know, it's showing compassion to those in need. That's surely a good yeah. thing. It's respecting people as ends rather than means. On the other hand, is there a negative side to that? It, 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 possibly if you see someone suffering and you... I mean, if you're promoting their suffering... Yeah, and that's the thing. That still is... No, but that's still understanding it as kind of a chain of consequences, right? It is actually, isn't it? As I, I don't know. But they're the person that you're thinking about. They're not like a instrument to some different goal. You're, the mm. thing that you're thinking about is them. Although, wait, can someone be an instrument to their own? own betterment in which case you're not respecting them as an individual and their yeah. human rights i think so you're still turning, you're turning them into an instrument towards something anyway <laughs> meta meta <laughs> basically it, it i think actually a Kantian perspective you kind of it's like endorse that endorse that sort of a person as a moral agent and you should respect that funny though isn't it because normally we do sit on a sort of midterm consequentialist kind of perspective that's i think i think it's one of those ones that's it, I think it's one of those ones that's practically very true, even if, you know, when you kind of get into the nitty gritty, it has issues sometimes. So I think what logically follows on from this, uh, it's really an extension of the same point, is the concern most people cite with giving money to people begging or homeless people is they're going to spend it on drugs or alcohol. That's not necessarily true, but people tend to kind of kill the argument at that point by saying, no point, they'll spend it on drugs and alcohol, as Mm. if that in itself is, you know, a concluding judgment that sort of brokers no further discussion yeah um, which i think is interesting because actually that's that's very normative right that's very mm. negative on drugs i have a, i do know a lot of young people who've kind of done the opposite right i know a lot of young people i'm just thinking anecdotally maybe this is unusual but i have i have friends who've said look like i've given homeless people money and like if they spend that on alcohol because that's how they cope with that horrible situation like i'm actually okay with that like mm. I, I i respect their choice to to cope with that horrible situation in in the way that you know I, i'm glad that they found an escape from that horrible situation for even just a little a minute which maybe that's just kind of like rationalizing or some sort of like bastardization of kind of the you know to take the opposite stance the kind of worshipping of drugs and alcohol mm. you know maybe that's kind of well it's like it's kind of gross romanticization but i can also see that as you know there's a legitimate point to that we're like yeah that really sucks and you know what i i see this a lot in the in the covid situation mm-hmm. weird tangent where like there's a bunch of things that we kind of have this weird kind of communal cultural kind of like oh that's a vice and you know what actually maybe it's a thing that's legit and people enjoy it and we should not and we should stop being like the thing I'm talking about in this context is clubs and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. We kind of talk about it as this vice that we put up with. It's like, oh, young people just want to go to clubs. And it's like, is it a vice? Is it, or is it just a, like a legitimate thing that people find fun? And, you know, you could say the same for like some amount of drug or alcohol use. Now, in the homeless context, are people being moderate or, or careful? I don't know. But again, again, it's meaning, a normative it's, judgment, isn't it? It's, it's an escape from a horrible situation. So I've, I've seen people basically like, I gave a guy some money and then I saw him buy some alcohol. And like, actually, I, I didn't. Think it was a horrible thing I, I i'd be inclined to agree with that because i think a lot of people do have that sort of judgment that drug use or alcohol abuse yeah. is a moral failure um while at the same time you know uh, tons of people <laughs> drink in their own lives yeah and, exactly and, you know i know tons of i know tons of people who you know i i, I can't believe uh, this this person does these uh, people and drugs and blah 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 and it's like 
I've seen you do drugs. <laughs> I say, oh, but that's different. That's different. You know, it's just a, it was just a club night or whatever. And it's like, okay, man. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, as you say, it's it's very difficult unless you've been in a situation like that, probably to empathize exactly with the yeah. degrees of suffering that you're going through. I think drugs what, and alcohol is what helps you survive that. If you're working class, then you have a, you know, you have a drug problem. And if you're middle class, you're experimenting. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting. I've thought about this a lot. And I, I do think Kantian perspective applies here. I think the fairest thing to do is really respect someone's choice. If that's mm-hmm. how they want to spend your money, um, I think I think that's not up to you to judge. The only counter to that that sort of challenges it that I kind of buy into is that give a man a fish argument. Yeah. And that is to say, are you perpetuating a situation that's... Okay, the thing I don't like about this... Sorry mm-hmm. to, sorry to no, no, jump in don't. quickly. The thing I don't like about this is that, okay, give a man a fish, teach a man to fish. Mm-hmm. The thing is, most of these people, and this is kind of coming back to like, if the drugs or alcohol are their way of escaping this, you know, or finding some pleasure in this horrible situation, fair enough. Okay. It's not like, oh, you know, if you don't give this person that money, they'll just find their way out. Right. Mm -hmm. So the thing that I saw was a UBI study, I think in Canada, where Mm -hmm. they gave people like $8,000. Right. That is the kind of money where it's like, okay, I can actually like get some housing and turn my life around. Right. Mm -hmm. In the absence of you giving them five pounds or whatever, that's not the alternative, yeah. right? It's 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 a years long grind through the through the shelter and and homeless charity industry to try and yeah and a long wait to get council housing and stuff. My point is, they're going to be getting their fish from someone else if you don't give it. To them. Mm-hmm. It's not like we as a society are structurally really bad at helping these people. And the thing that really annoys me is that actually there's plenty of economic studies that say that like actually, say for example, these UBI examples are basically more direct, you know, help to these people. We could actually resolve the issue mm-hmm. and it would actually net cost the government less because providing all these shelters, providing all of the cash to these charities, people don't realize how much money to charities comes from the government. Yeah, it's massive. Um, all of that, actually, it's actually more expensive in, in many cases than more direct kind of just building housing and giving it to these people or mm-hmm. building more. So, I mean, there's a housing crisis in the UK. I'm, I think there's housing crises everywhere. But my point is they are going to be getting their fish from a charity or a shelter. They are not going to be learning to fish in this yeah. analogy. Well, it's, it's worth qualifying that give a man a fish isn't a moral argument. It's an economic one. It's basically saying that, you know... It, it, well, the, I guess the moral one is that by giving the man a fish, you are not allowing them to learn to fish. Yeah. Where but learning, unless learning you're to fish is the higher good or whatever. Right? Unless you're subsequently going to do the teaching, yes. you're, you're basically doing nothing. And surely giving is better than... Yeah, yeah. As you say, it's sort of nothing giving and then teaching. No, but it's, it's, it kind of points to that whole point where it's like you need to understand and control the fact that you aren't going to get the satisfaction, the personal satisfaction of helping, but that will net help, help that person. Mm-hmm. My point is just like I was saying, in the vast majority of cases of homelessness that are, that are around, I'm not convinced that you not giving the money that means that they buy a little bit of beer or whatever is the thing that's going to help them turn everything around. Mm-hmm. There's just there, there's not enough structural support for them to turn it around. Agreed, agreed, agreed. It's a time horizon thing as well, as you yeah. say. Like uh, the give a man a fish thing or giving someone a little bit of money applies literally over the course of an evening and it, you you actually you don't know people's circumstances how long they might be able to sustain what they're doing whereas the structural yeah. stuff needed to properly turn someone's life around takes time charities presumably there's some amount of bureaucracy that goes into a that. huge amount it takes, takes a lot of time it's yeah. not going to be the kind of thing that happens overnight so i think if you give someone that short-term yeah. relief 
there's actually a lot to be said yeah. for the benefits you're providing. So interesting question on this point. In terms of data, what do, what do people say? So we did a bunch of reading, read a, a few articles from, I think, The Independent, which is UK out there, uh, Guardian, a few others. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly, left-wing liberal media prefers to talk about these issues. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> so I, I thought one thing that I found really stark, this was in an independent article, was that they had, they had kind of three shades, right? Most charities are very much of the perspective, do not give directly, right? Okay. Why? So I think, wait, allow me to go through. Most charities <laughs> directly were like, do not give. Most ex-homeless were like, it's okay to give and it's the most direct way to help because you're allow you're enabling that person to pick what they need most. Mm -hmm. And like these people are not just slave heroin addicts, slaves to heroin, where like all they can do is think about their next hit in the vast majority of cases. A lot of people aren't, you know, maybe drink and maybe do some drugs, but maybe aren't even like uh, problematic. Some of them are, have mental health issues or whatever, but can actually determine like, this is the stuff that I need and giving them money allows them to buy that. You're talking shoes, clothes, you know, maybe some food that they prefer rather than what you bought for them. You just reminded me in the UK, a vast majority of people are actually refugees. Just sorry, that just popped back into Really? Mind. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, carry on, um, but isn't that is that in the shelter network or is that in the on well the they find it, they find it difficult to get into the shelter network because they don't have the papers because they've generally oh, you go, come you go, you go. seeking asylum. So okay, so charities generally homeless say charities say don't give ex homeless say do give, uh, which I find a really interesting contrast. That's a yeah, that's a fascinating. Um, I, I just thought that the ex-homeless people are the best people to talk to, but maybe they're like an unfair representation because they're, they're because they're ex-homeless. They're like the group who managed to, mm. you know, learn to fish. Whereas, you know, maybe most people wouldn't. And then the third one was I, I, there was like one or two charities were like, it depends. Like you can. There's a strong overlap between people who are begging and people who are like desperately homeless or in poverty and, and need your help and can use the money. Okay, so why I think it was shelter was the the one that said that. What What are the reasons in this case? Why 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 did the charities think it's better not to give directly just it's, it's cynical it's, it's, to suggest that they see it as like <laughs> <or>? no <laughs> well maybe i don't know but i i think the overarching thing was as we'd said you know it, it's the whole kind of like you're promoting them taking drugs and stuff but then it's also a strange sort of paternalistic like we could do better kind of and we can well, more or or, or maybe even like you are promoting them to make choices that makes it harder for them to fit into our shelter system. Mm. And, but you know, you could see an argument was like, maybe our shelter system isn't fit for purpose because of, it doesn't matter if you do drink, if you drink and do alcohol, if you're PTSD and, and scream at night, you're not going to fit into a shelter. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, maybe, maybe the sort of care that we're providing for homeless people is not adequate for the problems they have, mm -hmm. uh, is the point I'm making. Like maybe rather than saying, you need to clean up your act or else you can't come into the shelter, you know, our shelters should function maybe a bit more like rehab centers to help insane. people. Um, so, you know, maybe there's like a kind of strange paternalistic thing there. And also, like you said, not to be overly cynical, I think the charities are genuinely trying to do good. But, you know, maybe there's an element of like money you're giving them is money that you should have given us. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So one that we didn't cover as well. And this is a really hard one. I, I actually, I, I've never come up with a satisfactory thing in my own head, my own answer to this. I feel like the answer is just status quo. Um, and this is kind of like relating to Peter singer's argument about mm. helping children abroad it's around the, the limits to helping those in need yeah okay. so a homeless person once asked me for some money outside of a tesco's and i said i'll tell you what man i don't have any cash but i'll buy you something in the shop and he says great and he comes in right so first of all homeless guy is walking around goes to the drawer and picks out a whole roast chicken <laughs> and, I'm like, <laughs> and i'm like i'm like look okay that bold choice but you know, fair enough. I can I can afford that. You need it, and you're buying food. I can't really be unhappy. And then he starts grabbing sandwiches, and he starts grabbing drinks, <laughs> and, starts grabbing, and like it basically racks up to it's about fifteen quid or something. Okay. And at some point, I have to say, mate, come on, like I want to buy you some stuff, but like, wait, <laughs> come on, there's, like, there's a limit, right? 
and it was an, it was an interesting like real life example of where like you know could I afford could I have afforded fifty quid probably yeah I, I I had the money like well I could afford to give that to help someone but um did I want in this specific circumstance to give that was did it feel like there was a limit basically how did I draw that line right mm. I can I, I think most people who are you know relatively well off it's very hard to to select the specific amount where it's like, I actually can't afford to give more than this. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially considering how much good you would be doing the people you're sharing. There's basically an infinite pool, effectively infinite pool of people who need your money and you have a finite pool and you have to balance your personal needs and desires. And you know what? I mean, there's like excessive stuff like private jets and whatever. And mm. But to some extent, it's like, okay, I want to be able to like eat at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. You could argue like, look, that's frivolous. There are people who don't get to eat. But it's like, I don't think in the modern day, it's that unreasonable that I want to live a relatively normal life. This is kind of- That's actually, that is the, I, you've not told me that story before. And that is literally the perfect anecdote. To, yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is the perfect thought experiment for Peter Singer. Um, so Peter Singer, famous philosopher or famous ethicist, uh, you may have heard of him, but he was the guy who basically said, if it is in our power to prevent something bad from happening without thereby sacrificing anything morally significant, we ought morally to do it. It's actually, I, and example is is spot on he basically says you know the thought experiment singer gives is about a drowning child so he says if i'm walking past a shallow pond and see a child drowning in it i ought to wade in and pull the child out this will mean getting my clothes wet but this is insignificant while the death of the child would presumably be a very bad thing that's easy to agree on yeah. um but he extends this claim and says if we agree with this principle then what follows from it is quite radical if we act on the idea that we should always prevent bad things from happening providing we are not sacrificing anything too costly to ourselves it makes a moral demand on us to basically give away everything beyond the sort of amount needed for us to live. Mm -hmm. You could add live comfortably, and then it becomes that sort of challenge of like yeah, drawing so out line. Comfortably. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of Singer's point is like basically give everything away, live within the minimum sort of means that you, you can afford to live in and therefore do as much to help people as yep. you can. Oh, I mean, that's, that's so tough. I think so one thing, a kind of critique of this that people will say that, you know, the part, the step that Singer, Singer is missing is, that actually morality has some sort of proximity, mm. right? So like, yes, obviously, you know, if you're seeing a kid drowning, you shouldn't worry about your shoes when you're thinking about walking into the water <laughs> to save the kid. But to then say that that's tantamount to, therefore, I shouldn't, you know, it, it, they say the, sho the shoes are worth 50 quid or whatever, right? And, and they're suede or whatever, so going in the water ruins. <laughs> oh, no, right? suede. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't mean that, like, I should just, you know, extend that to, like, well, there are kids all over the world who are suffering, and hence I can give up 50 quid, so I should give up the 50 quid, right? There is something about the proximity that actually makes those two situations tangibly different. And it's, I think it's about reasonable impact as well, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's about, like, here's a situation where you can act with relatively good sort of sense of expected outcome that you're going to make the difference oh no but then what about all the stuff that like says that that rates the efficacy of charities and lets you yes. know that oh by the way like literally two pounds will save a kid's life well <laughs> there you go then yeah. uh, then oh. to be fair i mean that's important right yeah, yeah. to be fair not I, all charities score that well yeah and, and to be fair i do i contribute to all these things i, I you know mm. I, I contribute to a few of them the one that i like most is give directly and this kind of very clearly relates to the the things that we're talking about and trusting other people's agency to select what's best for them mm -hmm. um and that is it's overly paternalistic and actually like not borne out by statistics that people just waste money mm -hmm. uh, poor people or homeless people it just gives like ten dollars a month to a, like i give ten dollars and they give it to a person in impoverished country it'll be little things like they'll just buy a cow or whatever and it, it, it mm -hmm. allows them to kind of build up a sustainable living for themselves and that you know again that ubi example i mentioned earlier obviously unsurprisingly one people who got it overwhelmingly got out of homelessness and poverty two 
the net saving per individual because of uh, not using shelter system meant that they actually saved money just by having to give 8,000 up front. Oh, guys, we need to wrap up. We're going, we're going to brunch, actually. You can um, argue that we shouldn't be doing this, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's really money we should be donating. I think that was a, you know, it was an interesting kind of back and forth. Jake, what do you think? I like this question just because I think it's so directly relevant. I mean, it's literally something I encountered yesterday. I saw a guy outside Sainsbury's and gave him, I very rarely have change, but I did after football training. So I gave him that. Actually, it was really sweet because then I cycled off and he was like, don't forget your bike lights, man. Mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks, dude. I think if you do your due diligence, you probably can't go wrong with giving money to charities. And like I said, that's something that I do. Actually, on the London Underground, they often have that announcement that says, go and give money directly to people, give yeah. to charities. They have in um, Oxford as well. They had signs saying that. Yeah. Now, is I don't know if that's so overly interfering on the state of government but i think certainly to know that you're having an impact on homelessness i think that's that's a good place to start mm -hmm. if you do care about what people spend your money on and it makes you uncomfortable to think about giving them money you probably can't go wrong with giving food warm drinks clothing or painkillers mm -hmm. stuff that people would generally benefit from even uh, even though you are selecting what they what they get spent pain on painkillers was a weird one uh yeah painkillers is one that they recommend um but you can see why i guess like yeah that, i don't know they're probably injured in some way yeah 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 uh, it's just, I mean, it's just relief, isn't it? It's just a, a, a different form of relief. Do you not like take a whole pack of painkillers and harm yourself? Uh, I don't know how much paracetamol. I don't know. But that's, again, that's like, that's being overly paternalistic, like trust that person to have the moral agency to, to decide for themselves. Reminds and if they do something bad, then that's their fault, not yours. It reminds me of that bit in Gavin and Stacey where he's like, thinking of ending it all, to be honest. How many neurofriends do you think I'd need? <laughs> <laughs> you? You need hundreds. <laughs> I can't afford that if I'm going to go on holiday this summer. <laughs> anyway, by the by, I personally, if I have cash, I probably would um, give money to someone homeless. If I, I never have cash. I, and I'm, to be fair, I'm more torn. I regularly contribute to a London homeless charity. It's called Beam. Uh, it's actually a social enterprise. I also regularly contribute to a bunch of other charities. You know, I actually kind of end up case by case. Like the majority of the time I do not, mostly because I don't have change. Mm -hmm. I'll often offer, look, do you want me to buy you something? Um, and sometimes people decline. Sometimes people take me into the shop and pick up everything. Mm. Um, <laughs> and it really depends on whether I change or not. I, I don't have a hard and fast rule. I do not think I'm not quite as loose as like, hey, if they buy alcohol, good for them. Mm -hmm. But I do kind of respect their right to deal with their situation as they see fit. So I kind of do it case by case. Mm -hmm. I, one, I guess one thing that I do that I probably shouldn't is I kind of base it a bit on the person. Yeah. Uh, what are yeah. you trying to do there? Are you worried about being scammed or are you, are you just sort of generally thinking? Oh, uh, sorry. One, one bit is scammed, which is, you know, this sounds silly, but like my, my mother is from Eastern Europe uh, where there is a lot of professional begging. Mm. Um, and to be fair, even if, if you're a professional beggar, then like, I, I guess you're still, you know, things are not going well enough that you choose to do that professionally. But I don't know. You, there are some signs like that, that I'll kind of look for. I mean, one is like, does the person turn up to the same spot every day? Mm. Um, although I guess homeless people could do that too. Yeah, once I guess once you find yourself comes yeah. to the territory. I don't, know. I don't know. Anyway, it's hard to articulate specifically, but I, I look out for some certain signs. The other thing is like, look, is the person clearly intoxicated right now? Mm -hmm. Like whilst I respect their right to choose how they deal with it, probably shouldn't give that person money. So Interesting. it's probably worth giving a shout out. You said you, you spoke about Beam. I think uh, the one that I give money to is St. Mungo's. I think they do really good work. Yep. Uh, the one other ones I'm familiar with are Crisis and Whitechapel Mission in London. Yep. And I think Shelter as well. Yeah. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Feel free to interact with us on social media and stuff. Tell a friend. If you enjoyed this uh, episode, send it to someone else. We're looking at some future episodes. I mean, one will be, is the gender pay gap in sports immoral? 
It's an interesting one. Oh, that was after the recent uh, cricket story, right? That uh, the tournament. Yes, the cricket. There's a well, well. We'll explain it on the episode if we do it. Another one is: Can you cancel someone for tweets that they did ten years ago? Also about cricket. Also about cricket. <laughs> Why are we somewhat so yeah. cricket? Um, yeah. No, that's interesting. That's been happening a lot. In, yeah. Not just in cricket. But leave reviews. Follow us on social media. It really does make a difference. It helps us do this more regularly. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. Tune in next time. Goodbye.